Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is a job. We are getting paid a whole lot of money. There are a lot of people that watch us and invest their time and their money into buying our jerseys and buying a whole bunch of shit, and they care about it. They care every single week. We're in week 16. And work four and eleven, and there's fans that watch this game that show up to the stadium, that put in time and energy and effort and care about this. And if you can't care enough, even in week 17, even when you're trash, when you're four and eleven, if you can't care enough to go out there and give everything you've got and try your hardest, that's bullshit. There are people every week that still tweet you, that still come up to you and say, "Hey, we're still rooting for you. We're still behind you." They have no reason whatsoever to. We stink. That's who I feel the most bad for is our fans. And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I am your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston, Cody Davis, along my partner in crime. John, some sports guy, Hickman, and today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, Cody and listeners, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've all joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season has been totally different. We get it. Pepsi gets it as well. But they're here to get us ready for game day, no matter how we watch it. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those of us who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Of course, for today's show, we discuss the must-see TV post-game press conference headline by J.J. Watts. We get paid handsomely, quote, David Johnson's too much but too late game, where he had an amazing game, but is it too late? And probably the most important discussion for today's show, whether or not Deshaun Watson should sit in the final game. But first, here's a quick game recap for those who may or may not have seen the game on yesterday. Now, the Texans did lose the game 37-31, but on the day, Deshaun Watson made team history by dethroning Matt Schaub, season TD record of 29. Watson now has 30 TDs on the season after Sunday's matchup. In the game, Watson threw for 314 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions. David Johnson threw himself a revival party as he had himself a day rushing for 128 yards, one TD on the ground, along with one TD through the air. The story for Houston on Sunday on the field was, how do you let Brandon Allen throw for over 300 yards? Allen finished the game with 372 yards, two touchdowns. His winning performance shares the spotlight with the Bengals rushing game. The Bengals who's in the bottom half of the league in rushing, rushed for 169 yards Sunday, marking the 13th time this season Houston allowed a team to rush for 100 or more yards in a game. And the Texans also come out of yesterday's game without a turnover, which is another storyline from this the last season of Game of Thrones came into it with so much hype surrounding it. And it's just let down after let down after let down. But can you guys believe it's week 17 already? Glad it's here because I, just like what we heard from Watt, which opened our show in the press conference, 
I am tired of watching this team and what we've seen throughout this entire year. Cody, please take it away. Let the listeners know how you feel regarding the J.J. Watts comments that we just heard from. Look, Watt has every right to feel the way he does about what took place, not just yesterday, but about the season in general. They are 4-11, and and I mention this nearly every week on the show, especially after a loss, that J.J. Watt does not have too many years left to be wasted in his career. And I know this morning, because he spoke on the frustration of the fans, he is, as he does every single week, waking up as the people's champion. But John and listeners, I'm going to have to disagree a little bit about everything J.J. Watt had to say during his post-game press conference, and even Romeo Cornell as well. Look, you heard what Watt had to say, and Cornell said after the game that the defense did not give them a chance to win. I call BS on that statement because it was the offense who actually came out slow. In fact, through their first four possessions, it went punt, punt, field goal, and punt. They only recorded one first down in their first four possessions, and that came off a 51-yard reception by Brandon Cooks. Was this a great defensive performance for the Texans? Hell no, not by a mile. At the end of the day, this is a team that gave up 540 total yards. But my question to J.J. Watt and Romeo Cannell would be, what did you guys actually expect? As the leader of this team, given everything that is going on, I do not think that their performance deserved to be blasted in the media like this. And I know during his post-game rant, J.J. Watt talked about how the Cleveland Browns had, had to go out there on Sunday and play a game without any of their receivers, all of them, except for Odell Beckham, who is out for the season due to injury, all of them was out due to COVID-19 protocol. But at the end of the day, I want to remind Mr. Watt that the Cleveland Browns did end up losing that game 23-16 to to the New York Jets, and now they have put their playoff fate in jeopardy. So with all that being said, regardless of what is going on, do I expect the Texans to accept the hand that they are dealt with and just go out there and lose a game and not try to win? No, I do not. I understand that you have to play the hand that you are dealt with, but at the same time, regardless of what goes on, sometimes you do not have enough to come out on the winning side. And that is what we have experienced with this team over the past three to four weeks. Due to suspensions, injuries, and COVID-19 protocol, your top defensive backs outside of Lonnie Johnson Jr., who had a pretty good game, I want to add, was a rookie John Reed a damn near third string player in Keon Crossing. And you could basically say the same thing for AJ Moore as well. And when you take a look at Keon Crossing, a guy that we have talked about a lot here on this show, yesterday you can honestly make the argument that he had one of, if not his best defensive performance of the season. And as for John Reed, look, this is week 16. If your coaching staff would have put this guy in a position where he could have gotten some minutes throughout the season, perhaps he would have been a little bit better and a little bit more experienced in this game against Cincinnati. I want to remind everybody that this might have been the most minute that this guy has played since week one against the Kansas City Chiefs. And my next question would be, where was this fiery post-game press conference throughout the season? In my opinion... Well- Oh, go ahead, John. Well, I, let me say this. The only difference from what we have uh, heard from J.J. Watt in the past, because he has been very candid about how he felt, but the only difference is the length of his response. The clip we played is over a minute long. Now, there were a stretch of games where J.J. Watt was visibly pissed, which is why I have to disagree with you, but he was visibly pissed However, if you're Justin James and you have this 
aura of of maybe nature boy, perfection boy, or or a golden boy of yourself. Because let's be honest, that's what JJ Watt has. You try to limit the things you say because of your image, and we know the NFL and their images is a little bit different from the NBA's because you can see players more than you can see them as they're actually in action in the NFL. So the NFL, I, I think a lot of their stars try to be a little bit, a little bit more uh, kept clean a little bit. But he has, listen, JJ has constantly um, spoke how he felt at the time. Did he try to find a way to maybe word it away so it wouldn't come off as an asshole? Maybe so. But I think week 17 going into week 16, I mean, week 16 going into week 17, you know there's nothing you're going to get out of the rest of this season. Let it out. Now, what I got from that actual clip, and I, you know, I disagree with you on this, but I can see where you're coming from. But I, you know, I disagree still. But what I got out of that clip was, who was he actually talking about? That, that is where I think we we may have got lost up because it sounds like he's calling out players. It sounds like he's calling out uh, coaching staff members. To me, at least, I could be wrong. But when you say something along the lines of if you are not going to come out here every day and who okay, you, you're implying you're doing it, so who's not doing it? And I think over the course of if he's still here next year, but throughout this the rest of the offseason, because if I'm Houston and the fans, that's the only thing that matters right now. Like we're, we're going to get into why Deshaun Watson should not play. And I think both of us agree he shouldn't. But there are so many internal issues with this team and it's different than your other leagues. Other leagues are very messy, right? The NFL has, you know, for the most part, if a story gets blown up super big, you have to wonder how long it's been boiling. And with the NFL, specifically from the things that we've heard that has been going on in Houston's locker room for quite some time, What's going on inside of there, man? What's going on off 16 and Kirby? Because you take away Jadavion, you take away Reader, you take away Hopkins, you take away Dwayne Brown a few years ago, which leads your future quarterback to have to trade your entire everything, your stock to bring in Laramie Tunsil because of your, your, your offensive line coach who is incapable of coaching your offensive line up. Uh, and now, shout out to the Dolphins. They have the number four pick that Houston should be having with a 10 and four record, 10 and five record, <laughs> you know what I mean? But they so much has happened over the course of time. I think JJ Watt has looked at this season and says, you know what? I don't have to be the white knight anymore. I raised $30 million. This week, I'm gonna say what the hell's on my mind. But once again, John, this goes back to everything that I just finished talking about. This is far from their worst defensive performance of the year, because at the end of the day, did J.J. Watt and Romeo Cannell forget that this is actually the same team that allowed a rookie quarterback to go out there in his very first game, in his very first start, to throw for over 300 yards? And how many times have they allowed their opponents to rush for over 200 yards? Not one, not two, not three, but four times. In every single one of these scenarios that I just finished talking about took place before the injuries and before suspensions actually started to take a toll on this team. 
And when you take a look at what they did on yesterday, like I keep mentioning, it wasn't that bad of a a defensive performance, mainly in the first half, because after they gave up that opening drive, their next defensive possessions went turnover on down, missed field goal, a May field goal that made the lead 10 to three for Cincinnati, punt, punt. Maybe everything that I mentioned was the tipping point for both Romeo Cannell and especially for J.J. Watt, in my opinion. Regardless of how you feel about J.J. Watt's post-game press conference, regardless how you feel about Romeo Cannell calling the shots on the sideline, regardless how you feel about the Houston Texans being 4-11 at this stage into the season, there's only one man you could place this whole entire blame on, and that man is Cal McNair. Because at the end of the day, He has allowed this foolishness to take place within his organization for this full entire year. Going back to when they blew that, what, 24 to nothing lead against the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. It's been nothing but foolishness and mismanagement throughout this year. And everybody like J.J. Watt can agree that we are all sick of it. I will say, John McClain tweeted, I know the Texans are missing a lot of starters on defense, but the players are still good enough to be in the NFL and they allow 540 yards to the Bengals. Doesn't matter because in a couple of weeks, we won't see any of these teams in the playoffs, but the NFL playoffs are around the corner. College football heads into the bowl season already kind of kicked off. And there are some big matchups coming up. There's only one place that has you covered in one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get your little extra money, get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. If you need some time to bounce back from the amount of money you spent, you need to check out Locked On Bets because the holidays are all about giving. So we're giving you a hot tip here in Locked On Texas that can earn you some extra cash. The new Locked On Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start the season, and he shares a lock of the day on every episode. Subscribe to Locked On Bets today wherever you get your podcast. I'm telling you guys right now, if you need some extra money because it went a little too crazy for the kids on the holidays, Locked On Bets will help you get you some of your money back. I guarantee you that. And you know what? We would like to hold a candlelight service because we would just like to pray, get together and pray that Sean Watson does not play next week. There's no reason for him to play. I mean, he got the record, like I mentioned earlier, in the in the and that's what we're about to kick off this segment. You know, Deshaun has the record. He has the total TDs. He has the yards. He has a, a 115 QBR. What else does he? I'm sorry, passer rating. What else does he need? Nothing at this point because they're not actually going anywhere. So after Deshaun go down again. And every time he goes down and it takes him a little more than a second and a half to get up. I mean, I think everybody just kind of goes. Hold their breath. Should he play next week? What's the point of playing next week? If, if you're Deshaun Watson, if you're the organization, if you're Cal McNair, you, I mean, if he gets hurt, every candidate that, you know, you should actually want, not want you. Cause I mean, 
the girl may want you, but if you don't want a girl, does it really matter? You're going to cheat anyways. You're not going to do right by her. But if you want that girl, then you need to make sure that your money's right, your assets is good, you're dressing good. You got to make sure that your star quarterback is healthy for them next year. Um, and it's not a catastrophic injury, which we've seen with this in his rookie year when he tore his ACL. There's no need for him to play next week. There's nothing for him to go out and say, I'm a tough guy. We know you're tough. We understand that. You played two and a half, three seasons with uh, Bill O'Brien as your head coach. We understand you're tough and you're built for this. There's nothing else you need to play for. Please sit. And I'm 100%. You know, what's funny, you and I disagreed a little bit in that first segment, but you and I are 100% in agreement on this segment. First and foremost, this is the second time in three weeks that Deshaun Watson has suffered an injury scare. We saw what happened in Chicago. He hurt his elbow. Come to find out it was just his funny bone. We all was like, okay, cool. We understand how annoying it can be when you hit your funny bone. But there were two separate occasions in this past game against Cincinnati where we thought Deshaun Watson might have suffered a devastating injury. I'm going to need for Romeo Cannell and this coaching staff, Cal McNair as well, to all come down and talk to Deshaun Watson and even J.J. Watt as well. I will put Watt in this as well. To come down and have those guys to sit because why do you feel the need to go out there and, and let your franchise quarterback to go out there and risk his health? What I don't understand it was, and, and this is really starting to irritate me a little bit, you go back and take a look at where the Texans was last year. It was the last game of the season. Rather, they win or lose, their playoff fate was sealed and locked. They had no problem resting all of their important guys, including Deshaun Watson. <laughs> now you're in that exact same situation this year. Of course, it's for opposite reasons. Why in the hell do you still want your franchise quarterback to go out there? Deshaun Watson was asked about it during his post-game press conference, and once again, he said, if I'm healthy, he's going. I'm going to play. I understand that, Deshaun, but at the end of the day, you have to think about your future. You have to. The team has to think about their future. It's going to look very bad for him to go out there, let's say the second half of next week's game, and suffer a devastating injury. Uh, you know, you said John and I agree. I'm going to take something right now. You, me, uh, I'm sure Sarge, uh, Brandon K. Scott, Mark Lane, John McClain, Brandon K. Scott, <laughs> John, we know we know John McClain. And you know what's funny about John McClain to kind of get off subject a little bit? John McClain has been a pillar in sports, uh, Houston sports for a very long time. But as of late, man, the Texans players were just really going after him. But, you know, have you, have you noticed they've been kind of quiet since that two-game winning streak? Nobody's been bothering John McClain uh, a lot lately, but everybody's going to agree with you, right? David Locke is going to agree with you. Uh, what do you what do you what do you gain by playing him? What are you evaluating by playing him? Nothing. Everything you need to know, you know about him already. It's not like this is his rookie year, and you're trying to see if we get a new GM, will this quarterback that our old GM drafted be good enough? We already know that. he's Right now, Deshaun Watson is number two in the league in passing yards. Did you know that? Yeah, he's pretty good. And considering how many of those games uh, after Will Fuller got suspended, did he play with a practice squad player, a Kiki QT, who's been in the doghouse, or three to four different tight ends? 
He's good. Don't play him. It's not worth it. Um, and, and that's just my sentiments on it. Let him, let him, let him rest. Let him go hang with James Harden at the strip club for a little bit. That's, no, no. What we what we saw over the week. No, no, no. James is at the strip club. I mean, that's a that's a different topic for a different show. But I do want to say this: even if Deshaun Watson sit on Sunday, nobody is going to question his toughness because anytime uh, no. you play a game and you and you have to take a bus to a to a game because you have a collapsed lung and you still go out there and perform nobody is going to question Deshaun Watson toughness so, that's just the NFL he played in the national championship game with two concussions that's two my concussions. conspiracy theory I believe Dabo one a, I believe at least one no I think I think I think Dabo snuck another concussion in on Deshaun Watson that's just my conspiracy theory. Before we get out of here, we have to talk about David Johnson and the performance he had on Sunday. I mean, God, dog, where was this all year? But, guys, let me tell you something. If you want to be like Deshaun Watson and tough, or if you just want to get back into shape, if you want to control your eating habits, if you want to eat something good, still have that amazing feeling where it's, you know, it's just super good. But you're watching out on the car. Build Bar is where you need to be. They have the improved Build Bar, which is even more delicious, sir. Six new flavors, including caramel brownie and cookies and cream. And let me tell you something. Cookies and cream goes hard. Along with the 12 original flavors, the mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate. Oh, my gosh. The coconut and peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Bill Bar is great for the health conscious guy and girl. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, but high in protein and high fiber. Great for a keto diet, which I'm starting on January 1st. It's just everything about Bill Bar is amazing. And you get a free cooler with the purchase while supplies last. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Listen. Go to BillBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BillBar.com. You know, I don't think there's any more uh, sadness about waking up the next morning, maybe hearing this show, looking at the ESPN bottom line, Fox Sports, wherever you get your, your, your news updates for your favorite team, which would be the Texans, and seeing that they lost. But, you know, Cody, you made an interesting point that the defense has had players throughout this year that has struggled, right? You made that point early in the show when you, you, you were mentioning how you, you can't really be on J.J. Watt's side where it was this energy all along when you've been getting the same output. And that got me thinking, how many of these players were described in a way that should have made us weary of them when they first got to Houston? I mean, and I say that because Anthony Weaver called Keon Crossing an energy giver as a player. Now, Keon had a very good game on Sunday. But, you know, I don't want to be labeled as an energy giver in the NFL. Maybe in the NBA, you go out there with energy. You can, you can get a couple hustle points, a couple hustle rebounds. But as a secondary DB in the NFL, I don't want to be labeled as an energy giver. And Houston has had these type of descriptions for players all year. Dependable, smart. He's smart and dependable. He's disciplined. He comes to work on time. That type of stuff 
and those uh, descriptions have been haunting me all year. And after I heard Energy Giver uh, used as a description for a, a cornerback, I just I couldn't take it anymore. I could not take it anymore. But I think, you know, when we look at the evaluations and we just talked about why you should not sit Deshaun Watson because there is no need to evaluate him. I think an evaluation of David Johnson to close out the year next year, next, uh, next week against the Tennessee Titans is valid and he should start. Now, David Johnson in the last two games have had 100 yards in either receiving or rushing. And four total touchdowns all around, two, three total touchdowns all around. Uh, and, and that may prompt a question. It, does, it really doesn't for me, because I don't think it'll ever be justified. But if we would have been able to get this type of input all along and have the uh, dynamic offense that we were promised once he got to town, would, an, would a different season have taken place? Would the Texans not be 4-11? Uh, would they be along the line along the lines of five and ten? Because I don't think he gives you that much more of an advantage over your opponents, but especially considering the defense has been historically atrocious. But he has put together two good games, and and I think that's something that we should actually look at closing the year off with and evaluate to see whether or not uh, he's worth bringing back next year as a starter or. Uh, any other options that you can have with that contract along with his age? I think if we would have seen this version of David Johnson throughout the season, it would have put the Texans in a better place. Would I say we would be sitting here looking at a playoff team? No, I'm not going to take it that far, but I highly doubt we'll be 4-11. I would say we possibly would be as good as the I don't want to say as good as the Cleveland Browns because I don't think we will be like 10 and five or whatever the case might be with them right now. But I think we will be one of those playoff teams where if we would win our last game and if this team loses and if this team loses, they could possibly sneak in as a wild card. Because when you go back and take a look at Houston's season, and this is another thing that buzzed not just me, but the listeners and fans out there as well, is the fact that there were so many games where the Texans came so close. They were so close to winning the, the the last two games against Indianapolis. Um, you can go back to the game against Tennessee. If David Johnson would have given this performance that he has showcased over the last two weeks, it would have given the Texans a, a little bit more of a boost to come away to come away victorious in those games because every single one of those matches, Houston just needed just a little bit more. You really can say that you can get a little bit more from from Deshaun Watson because this man is giving his all. As for the defensive side, you can say that there's always room for improvement. You could always say the defense could have get given a little bit more, but it goes back to what you just finished talking about, how this is a dependable guy, how this is a energy guy. This goes into something that I've been preaching this whole entire season. The Texans are just not talented on that side of the ball no they are not which is why i include david johnson in everybody getting a full evaluation outside of deshaun watson and jj watt i would like to say this before we sign off i read on sportsrack.com that will fuller is estimated to make 16.9 million dollars per year for four seasons if houston decides to re-sign him now after what we saw out of brandon cooks today Brandon Cooks is only scheduled to make $12 million next year for the 2021 along with 2022. So, you know, I think that's a conversation that I would also like to add for the rest of the week, how we need to evaluate 
in-depth the wide receiver position to understand whether or not we need to sink money into Will Fuller or not. That's one discussion we will have uh, later this week. And also we will look at Robert Sala and Eric Bieniemy performances over the weekend and which one of those coaches, assistant coaches, at their respective positions, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, would really make more sense for Houston now more than ever. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter as well at some sports guy and subscribe to the Locked On Texans podcast on all of your major podcasting platforms, which include Google and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are locked on Texans. Your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.